Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of Nehemiah, which we are going to finish today. Last week we were in chapter 9, which was the prayer of the Israelites confessing their sin. And today we pick up in chapter 10. This is when the people agree. And in response to that prayer, it says, In view of all of this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing. And our leaders, our Levites, and our priests are affixing their seals to it. And then it lists the names of the people who sealed it. And it begins with Nehemiah. And then it goes on to list several people, including the Levites and the leaders and the priests. And I encourage you to once again go and read through the names of those people. And then it goes on to say, and the rest of the people were in agreement as well. And it says, all these now join their brothers and nobles and bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. We promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or take their daughters for our sons. When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or any holy day. Every seventh year, we will forego working the land and we will cancel all debts. We assume responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God, for the bread set out for the table. Then it goes through and talks about all of the things that they will set aside funds for. Then it says, We, the priests, the Levites, and the people, have cast lots to determine when each of our families is to bring to the house of God at set times each year a contribution of wood to burn on the altar. Also the responsibility for bringing the house of the Lord the first fruits of our crops and our trees. Also, as it is written, we will bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle and our herds and our flocks to the house of God, to the priests ministering there. Moreover, we will bring the storerooms of the house of God, the first of our ground meal, our grain offerings, and the fruit of all of our trees, all of our crops, and so on. And so they are testifying that they will, in fact, follow the law of Moses. And the chapter ends by saying, we will not neglect the house of our God. It talked about how a priest descendant from Aaron will always be there. And then picking up in chapter 11, it's entitled, The New Residents of Jerusalem. Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem, and the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every ten to live in Jerusalem. So basically they recognized, specifically Nehemiah recognized, that the city had a small population. And so basically he urged the people to move to the city and remain there, and he prepared houses for them at his own expense. So then the rest of the chapter lists the descendants of Judah, Benjamin, priests, etc., all of the people uh, from the Levites and the gatekeepers. It goes on to list each of the people that moved there. Chapter 12 is a list of the priests and the Levites that returned with Zerubbabel. Then in the second half of chapter 12, it is called Dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. Then if we move to the second half of chapter 12, it is titled Dedication of the Wall of Jerusalem. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving 
and the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers were brought together from the region around Jerusalem. Then it lists all the places that they came from. Nehemiah says, I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right. And then it says half of them were to go to the other side. And there, it lists the musical instruments and the people that were there. It says that these were the musical instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Then it says Ezra, the scribe, led the other procession. So here Nehemiah um, and Ezra are leading the two processions. Ezra is leading the first and Nehemiah is leading the second. And there's two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God. So did I, together with half the officials. And then it lists again all of the other men that were there. And it says, God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. And then at that time, men were appointed at different positions and jobs. Then in chapter 13, this chapter is entitled Nehemiah's Final Reforms, and it is the last chapter of the book of Nehemiah. It says, On that day the book of Moses was read aloud in the hearing of the people, and there was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God, because they had not met the Israelites with food and water, but had hired Balaam to call a curse down on them. Our God, however, turned the curse into a blessing. You'll remember that story from the book of Numbers in chapters 22 and 23. Then picking up in verse 4, it says, Before this, Eliashib the priest had been put in charge of the storerooms of the house of our God. He was closely associated with Tobiah, and he had provided him with a large room formerly used to store the grain offerings and incense and temple articles, and also the tithes of grain, new wine and oil prescribed for the Levites, singers, and gatekeepers, as well as the contributions for the priests. But while all this was going on, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Sometime later, I asked his permission and came back to Jerusalem. Here, I learned about the evil thing Eliashib had done in providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of God. I was greatly displeased and threw all Tobiah's household goods out of the room. I gave orders to purify the rooms, then I put back into them the equipment of the house of God, with the grain offerings and the incense. I also learned that the portions assigned to the Levites had not been given to them, and that all the Levites and singers responsible for the service had gone back to their own fields, so I rebuked the officials and asked them, Why is the house of God neglected? Then I called them together and stationed them at their posts. All Judah brought the tithes of grain, new wine, and oil into the storerooms. I put Shemaliah the priest, Zadok the scribe, and a Levite named Padiah in charge of the storerooms. And then he went on to make other men in charge as well that he considered trustworthy. They were made responsible for distributing the supplies to their brothers. Remember me for this, O oh my God, and do not blot out what I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its services. So while he was gone, basically people were storing stuff in the house of God that shouldn't have been. 
The supplies were not getting to the Levites that were supposed to be getting to them. Things are in disarray with him gone. And now he's returning and putting things back into order. In verse 15, it says, In those days I saw men in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in grain and loading it on donkeys. It says they were bringing everything into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. Therefore I warned them against selling food on that day. He lists several other things that were happening on the Sabbath. And then he says, What is this wicked thing you are doing, desecrating the Sabbath day? Didn't your forefathers do the same things, so that our God brought all this calamity upon us and upon this city? Now you are stirring up more wrath against Israel by desecrating the Sabbath. When evening shadows fell on the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I ordered the doors to be shut and not opened until the Sabbath was over. I stationed some of my own men at the gates so that no load could be brought in on the Sabbath day. Once or twice, the merchants and sellers of all kinds of goods spent the night outside Jerusalem. But I warned them and said, Why do you spend the night by the wall? If you do this again, I will lay hands on you. From that time on, they no longer came on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites to purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. And then he says, Remember me also for this, O my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. Moreover, in those days I saw men of Judah who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of the other peoples, and they did not know how to speak the language of Judah. I rebuked them and called curses down on them. I beat some of the men and pulled out their hair. I made them take an oath in God's name and said, You are not to give your daughters in marriage to their sons, nor are you to take their daughters in marriage for your sons or for yourselves. Was it not because of marriages like these that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned? We remember that story from the book of First Kings. You'll remember that the entire kingdom was divided because of him. It says, Among the many nations there was no king like him. He was loved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel. But even he was led into sin by foreign women. Must we hear now that you too are doing all this terrible wickedness and being unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? One of the sons of Joida, son of Elishab, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sambalat the Horonite, and I drove him away from me. Remember them, O oh my God, because they defiled the priestly office and the covenant of the priesthood of the Levites. So I purified the priests and the Levites of everything foreign and assigned them duties, each to his own task. I also made provisions for contributions of wood at designated times and for the first fruits. And then Nehemiah ends by saying, Remember me with favor, O oh my God. So the restoration that came in the earlier portion of this book uh, was sort of clouded by what happened when Nehemiah returned to the king. But then when he came back, he set things back into proper order and recognized the poor decisions that the Israelites were making and explained to them why this was not the way of the Lord their God. And with that, we end the book of Nehemiah.